Right now, we are in El Paso, Texas, and this is the Be Almost podcast mixed with Zelena's live stream, and uh, we'll probably edit some stuff here and there. Um, definitely a lot of tech side of things, but welcome everyone. I see I see people tuning in. Um, that is awesome. Live Q and A. Um, we are discussing Selena's tour, the Tumbleweed tour, as she said at the, at the top, and of course her book, Music Before Butterflies. So if you've been wanting to ask um, anything. Yeah. Confess your love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Ex- confess I'm your taken. gratitude. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a little bit of how it's been going, how it's you know the tour, and then some of like maybe the other stuff like you said. Sure. So. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Richie, for for having me and just, um, you know, helping out with the promotion of the tour and creating space and congratulations on the ordinance yesterday. Uh, Thanks. The Barbed Wire Open Mark Series celebrated 17 years of programming in El Paso. And so I remember I was there those early days. So um, it's so cool to be back here and witness that. And uh, so thank you. Um, So I think the best use of this awesome privilege time is to uh, have a conversation about the state of affairs of Chicanx poetry. Mm. And uh, I feel, I know the intent for the Tumbleweed uh, book tour, it's, yes, it's to promote my debut poetry collection, Music for Butterflies. Mm. It's also uh, the uh, a wonderful, not excuse, but a, a, a wonderful opportunity for me to come back to the places that, uh, that, that, that are, my home um, that have inspired me that are characters in the book. And so there's that, that personal spiritual practical component of it. But I think the, the real resistance or push behind doing something like a, a a tour as a, a, just one, one poet is that I, I don't want to say I want to bring back rock and roll poetry, but I want to um, embody the the tradition of the touring poet and the um, the role of the poet as as a as a as a prophet and kind of like um, oracle for the community, like like you, the way that, that you are. Take that. You are the the oracle of of the of the poetry community, and and just being on the ground and passing on messages uh, like corridos in revolutionary times and having these these pollinizations and conversations and alliances because, you know, uh, one thing I think we need to get into is the poetry and literature and academia and how it's it's made it very difficult for for poets, for artists, for uh, writers to envision a future in in the arts, in literature, without going through the conveyor belt of academia, without having to kiss ass to academia, without having to compromise their, their voice. That sounds like where they came from, like the barrio, like, the, like their grandma, like their mom, 
you know, and so much of <coughs> Chican, Chicano, Chicana uh, poetry is uh, mouth to ear, um, oral traditions. Yes. And so, and, and as, as Islam, as is like, you know, beat poetry or, or the African-American tradition that also stems from oral um, <clears throat> history. But also, you know, like Homer and the Odyssey and all that shit, like that, that's yeah. that too. So I think as one, we, we have to, like on the ground, we have to be, hey, guys, you can, you can do this. Don't lose your voice. You have a responsibility to reach out to the communities, to meet the people that need to meet you, to make the ancestors proud, to make your mentors proud, that we are taking on the mantle and and spreading the word, but you know, more than that is bringing people together and having conversations and alliances that politicians and maybe other things that have been co-opted by nonprofits and academia and the government and corporations to just kind of have really this um, anarchist spirit and creative spirit and create something new and have new conversations and yeah. create new paths. So that's a long-winded <clears throat> way of saying. And that, and we didn't even get to the intro yet. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. No, that's great because um, I think obviously this is really you're really passionate about it. I think a lot of us are, a lot of our friends who are watching and listening are. Um, and you, you mentioned punk rock poet and I initially wanted to interject. I didn't want to interrupt you. So I waited, but, um, I wanted to ask, well, what is a punk rock poet? But then you continue to answer it, you know, and I think a lot of it is, is deconstructing the monoliths that can be academia, right. And what we consider traditional, presses and institutions yeah. and and it's just kind of going against that grain and finding voices in our communities that is you know not that um so you spoke i think you spoke really well on that i was like i was agreeing like okay there you go you, you answered my question uh that was a great telepathic question uh conversation there i love it um and i definitely down to, to talk about that um, for, I know this is your live stream that we're addressing right now, mm -hmm. but for our listeners right now on the BWAMS podcast, can you tell us a little bit about first your, yourself, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> who you are and you, you know, we already know, like we heard it all, like that's you, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like what's, so what's your history with, um, you talked about the tour and, and visiting like homes and so, you know, in terms of El Paso and BWAMS and. Just give sure. us a, a brief bio, like introduce people who've never heard of you. Because I know a lot of people are being introduced to you right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's why I'm here. I need to be introduced to you. <laughs> In the best way. Um, well, my name is Selene Pineda Suchild. Um, and uh, my my stage name, road name, nom de plume is Rebelene. Mm -hmm. And Rebelene was, was born in El Paso. Um, there was another uh, filmmaker, artist... Mon, they call him Mon. Maybe mm -hmm. you know him. He was the one that called. Yes, yes, he was the bassist at uh, for Frontera Bugalú, and um, and he, he, I, I came here for for college to to study at UTEP, and then also work at Border Network for Human Rights, which is where the show is is going to be tomorrow. Oh, pause. It says that the live video was paused. Oh, because of the low battery. Oh no. <laughs> 
that's that's fun. That's, so that's something we know now. Um, yes, and getting the power. And that you know was always uh, I was undocumented for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's what brought me to um, to organize to be politically active, um, and yes, yeah, so I, I lived here for for four for four years. Um, and in that time, I developed essentially like my my style, uh, my mm-hmm. sense of aesthetics, my um, the lens of my of my politics and what I mm. thought was was beautiful, like my friends with the winged eyes and the red lipstick and the cowboy boots. And um, I remember seeing Jason Lucero's. Um, like drippy paintings yeah. and um, and so just all at that time I guess it was like 2007 there was a lot of really cool things happening in the uh, El Paso art music scene and then in the in the in the in the poetry I, I studied anthropology so I wasn't in the creative writing program but mm-hmm. it attracted a lot of of, of writers from because it's the it's one or maybe the only like bilingual um, MFA here, so I would you know meet writers from Colombia, a lot of Col- Colombians okay. and um, other parts, and and so it it um, I I'm a little bit long winded and kind of all over the place, but uh, hmm. but I think that's that's my connection to um, El Paso and 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 how it just permeates the the book music for butterflies um i was born in mexico and i migrated to houston when i was eight with my mother and my sisters and then i lived there i the founder of the word around town poetry tour that ran for for about 10 years there um and it was it was a local tour so it was like about 14 20 poets um, that for for seven days would each night it would be a different venue and it would be a showcase for those word around town poets and it mixed art and music and um, when I left other folks uh, kind of took over the the organizing and and expansion of it um, because I, I followed my heart and moved to to El Paso and um, yeah. Did you why why did you choose here? That's what everybody is like. Why are you doing here? I mean, and I, I get it. Like, I'm not even saying it in a negative way, but you know, I'm, I'm curious. What did what drew you in, or what was like the the draw? Okay, yeah. I have a couple of answers. Okay, one, I think I I was a huge, huge Mars Volta fan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I think that was the first time I had really thought about El Paso. Of course, you know, I had heard about Juarez and just like, you know, all the mostly, you know, negative connotations. Yeah. And um and uh, I knew about El Paso yeah through through uh um at the drive-in and um and the Mars Volta and I thought how cool that it's like, you know, Houston is is quite segregated. Um, and we had like a Chicanx Latin um, scene there, but it was very segregated. And then to hear kind of that, you know, Pink Floyd, Malo, progressive, it just sounded like the future. And 
Um, so I was curious about that. And when I started organizing with Border Network for Human Rights, started coming here to do trainings. And because I was undocumented, I, I, w I had never gone back to, to Mexico. And so I had this very nostalgic uh, view and rom romanticization of Mexico. So to come here, and I remember at the first time I came, the the offices were right by um, Mujer Obrera, like mm -hmm. right, right outside here. And seeing like, wow, they have like all the Mexican candy, con you know, brands. Okay, and, yeah. and you can see into, into Mexico. And at that time, they had like a 1920s um, me uh, Mexican artist exhibition. So you had like a, a little Frida, a little Diego, a little like, you know, the uh, Modotti. And and so I just I just felt like I felt so happy, so good to be able to be near it, and then also be, being involved with the immigrant rights uh, movement. I mm -hmm. felt like I'm gonna be at the forefront. I'm gonna be like part of the rev you know the revolution and things. Um, and uh, I came here, and then. You know, it's it's it, it's a city, but it's also, you know, a small town. I kind of quit, got fired from Border Network for Human Rights. And then I just kind of like, I also was a bit promiscuous, okay? Because I was like in my early teens. I mean, late teens, early oh, yeah. 20s, I was like, okay? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, okay. So I'm just like, I have to get out of town. And okay. so I did. And, um, and, and you know, and now I'm back. No, but uh, yeah, and I have some of my best friends. My, you know, El Paso lives rent free in my in my mind, in my heart. The best ways. In the in all the <laughs> in all the good ways, and you know, the cool thing about time passing is that you know now I'm, I'm gonna do my show at Border Network. You know, and and a lot of and, you know it's like family, and it's like it set me up for it was a hardcore trial by fire training. But it set me up for a success in New York. Mm. And uh, how how has it been going in New York? I know you you uh, do film as well. You just work with a lot. Um, how much of this was written spread out through your time in all these places, including New York? Yeah, it's it's quite internet. It even has Europe in it too, um, Naples, and and France. Um, I so in in New York. Um, you you definitely have to be a hustler, you know, mm -hmm. and man, I, but like the truth is I had like $5 in my pocket, you know, I had mm -hmm. some friends that I had, I had met there, you know, I, everyone knows, all the poets know, like the New Yorican is like the Mecca, right? Shout out to New Yorican Poets Cafe. Shout out Cafe. to the New Yorican Poets Cafe. And um, so a, some friends of mine had a baby and they were like, you know, come help us out. You can stay with us rent free and you know we're, we're sure that we'll we'll uh, you'll do you'll do great and I thought well I'll go there for a year if I'm gonna have a service you know industry job I can have a service industry job you know mm -hmm. I, I bartended a lot for a long time mm -hmm. um in in New York you know I had five dollars I bought some Chinese food and then I just one out, my friend gave me like a little metro card with that was like unlimited for the week, and then I would just go to places and sell my jewelry and make a little bit of money, 
called everybody I knew, set up, you know, coffee dates. Another um, well, organizer that I met at Board Network, Marta Chavez, mm-hmm. um, she was up there working at, at NICE. It's an organization called NICE, New Immigrant Community Empowerment. And so she's like, well, you know, there's no jobs. We have a little, like, teaching, you know, job that has a or like that has a, a stipend so I did that and then that turned into uh, a full-time position at the New York Immigration Coalition and then it just it it just um I just it ended up being now 12 going on 13 years in New York wow mind you this is the spark notes version right if you want to if you want to hear the rest and more juicy details, you got to wait for her memoir to be published. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure you, you've had maybe aspirations. Have you thought about that? Yes. I know we're talking about the first book, but I mean, I'm sure in the future you'd, you'd write a pretty cool. I was thinking about memoir. like, you know, what I wanted to do next. Mm-hmm. I think as a poet, you're always writing poetry. You think in Absolutely. poetry. And then uh, and then in, in film too, right? You always have this cinematic thing. Mm-hmm. Um th- just just uh, kind of like to go back to how do I get, you know, in New York, I'll, 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 okay, actually, I'll, I'll talk about that later. But um, the, the, the question about like the, the next book, or I do want to write like a longer narrative. And there's this awesome Texas writer who's also from the border from McAllen. Uh, born in Reynosa, mm-hmm. um, Fernando es Flores. He wrote Tears of the Truffle Pig. It's 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 like a great science fiction um, retell or not a uh, story or vision of of the border. And it's like instead mm. of like having narcotraficantes uh, and things, it's like their uh, rich people are filtering extinct animals and having like these decadent oh. dinners of like. Uh-huh these you know these like long gone things but so i think el el, el paso answer uh would 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 really relate to that that book it's a really cool mm. cool book and he talked about how he also had this kind of loose autobiographical novel but that he wanted to challenge himself and wrote this abstract novel inspired by this 1920s movement in russia or something and I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, I should kind of do something like that. But then I also thought like there was that I also know that there's a there's um, merit in my autobiography. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the, the you know, this this burgeoning immigrant narrative narratives or undocumented immigrant narratives of young people um, that, you know, could join that that tradition but also I think because like when I was in Mexico, we lived in an orphanage for, for a little bit and and then just all the different cities that I lived in and um and then I think most importantly is that political aspect to it. Um uh so I think that's that's what I'll do. I definitely wanna play around. I don't um I don't know when that's gonna come out or anything. I take my time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Is that, would you say that's maybe like the way you treat most of your creative process as well, including film or? I take my time. <clears throat> I, cause I think there's, especially now there's an impulse to have 
content out all the time. It ha- it has to be pertinent or, you know, like topical or but I think if if you if you read, if you watch films, it's like it's all about the long game. Mm-hmm. And people burn themselves out. And um you you have to you have to take your time. Some I mean some it's it's like take your time but don't I it's important to have stuff out, right? Even if it has a couple of typos. And 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 we're talking to to people that are like, "Oh, I want to do this." Mm-hmm. And um so I'm going to go to grad school, going to finish, you know, I don't even have a um a bachelor's, you know. But e- even people who can't read, like they should be able to be like, "If you can speak, you can write. If you can speak, you can tell a story." You know, even if you don't speak, you can tell, you know, everything is storytelling and to, and it doesn't need to be confined to a book or a film. It's all part of the same um, source of creativity. It's all storytelling. It's all story. It it comes from the creative source. Yeah. Tell me about the creative source. The the creative (laughs) source. Okay. You know about the chakras? Um, Loosely, right? There's different like areas for them and there's seven or... Exactly. <clears throat> you do know, know about the chakras. <clears throat> I know that I live it every day. No, go That's ahead. right. So <laughs> there's there's seven chakras that really just represent different aspects of the of what makes up like a human. Mm-hmm. So the first one is the red one. The mm-hmm. red Power Ranger is the. <laughs> <laughs> is that where the Power Rangers it's, come from? <laughs> yes, the, it's like kind of like on your okay. coccyx, I think, like your kind of your butt bone, and it's your tribe. It's your mm. family. It's like, oh, you know. It's like also your base. It's your base. Tool in your body, like, you know, where you get your power from. Your parents. Physically. Your parents. Yeah. yeah, your parents. Like, where you come, like, kind of all the things that you have, you don't have any control over. And then the second one is the orange Power Ranger, which is the creative, mm. the creative chakra, which is where creativity comes from, but also where, where sex comes from, right? Because mm. when you have sex, you're, it's, it's. You're you're creating potentially like you know an offspring or what have you, and it's from the same place. So mm-hmm. when I talk about like the creative source or like being oh. able to um, um, create things, is that it it comes from that same same place. And so art is first and foremost a a source of 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 healing it has a healing property for the for the creator and then also the receiver that can create you know maybe some uh pleasure or healing thing to keep you from the the pain and the suffering of so it it kind of comes from the same place so like you know Rape and sexual assault is something that's super prevalent in in the world in our society, especially for for women. But it, you have to heal that part so that you can feel pleasure again in when you when you have sex when you have make make love right. It's something that's been um, violated and but but it, you need to heal that so you can tap into your creative source. So when when you create art, if you're constantly you know the world will assault your art well the all the 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 world will will force your creative source to create money for other people to mm-hmm. adhere to certain things that you think that you must do and so in the same way you have to have your your boundaries of this is mine 
and I get to enjoy it before anybody else gets to enjoy it. So I feel like that's where the creative source comes from. Who are some of your teachers? Like, and I'm not talking about traditional teachers. It can be right. Actual mm-hmm. people, actual teachers, but I feel like we also learn from elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And I, you touched on some of it already. So I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit. Cause I do think it is, like you said, our ancestors giving props to our ancestors in the same way. I think our, our artistic and creative teachers, it's, it's worth giving props to. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I, since we're limited, I, I think I, I figured out that I'm part of a tree mm-hmm. of the Chicanx literature tradition okay. and, um, very old, old tree, and probably the oldest root there is Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz. It's like they mm-hmm. consider her the first feminist of the Americas, and she was a poet, astronomer, non, she you know, philosopher. And so I think that's the that's the deepest, longest root. And maybe Nezahualcoyotl, which was like a a poet, emperor, king, god, whatever. Mm. Um, and then I think of I have to. I have to, I, I have to, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Sandra Cisneros and Lorna Di Cervantes and um, the Lorna's uh, Mango Press, Mango Publications mm-hmm. and all the folks that were that came out of that that movement and that time period, you know, um, Burciaga from who's who's El Paso from El you, Paso. Yeah, I heard you mention the the drink cultura. Drink line. cultura. <clears throat> yes. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think those are those are the main ones. And th- so those are literary peeps. What about like maybe in, in other other worlds, like in visual art or music or music. dance or? Oh my God, my alter ego. Like when I think of Rebelene or or my visual references or how I approach my my films, which are essentially their their poetry. They're they're based on my poems, um, as like like Bjork. You know, mm-hmm. I like how she ha- she creates kind of this natural world in her in her music and in her videos, and she creates um, you know cost you know costumes and a kind of like look and and feel de- depending on each on each song. Um, speaking of of poet filmmakers, uh, Saul, Saul Williams I have a shirt. Yeah. It's like Neptune Frost. Everybody should check it so out. Um, it's a it's a musical. Uh, it's a poetry musical and science fiction. And so that has definitely inspired me this year with seeing Neptune Frost of just like, wow, how beautiful, how beautiful is poetry that it can be science fiction and musical and, and create this, this world of the future. Mm. Um, and um, I think, you know, Back in the day, it was like Anne Sexton, Maya Angelou. Those are the poets that I saw growing up that I thought like, wow, like you can talk about masturbation, like the the ballad of the uh, of the lonely masturbator by mm-hmm. Anne Sexton. Um, who else? Amiri Baraka, um, Audrey, Audrey Lord, and there's just so, so many folks that I think. Yeah, once you like name someone else, it, may, it reminds you of someone else, right? Tangentially related. I love yeah. that you talked about it <clears throat> in terms of literary tradition um, as a tree. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful visual image. And then we're just like branches. We're growing up, yeah. Because uh, I know it's not the same kind of thing, but when I hear the canon, I think of 
artillery and cannons and that's not what it yeah. is but and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about like with academia you know there's certain authors that you do read uh but there's more to life and people's work than that right mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i just love the tree aspect we did want to talk about getting into film as well um did you develop that later in life like you know trying to get into that world and how does poetry play a role into that as well? Because I've, I've noticed that you've done film, but also related to poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know who said it, that it's like if you're, if you're a filmmaker or you're a director, you think in film. Like mm. whole, you can think like your whole life in that lens, mm. right? Um, so that I think maybe I, I was born with that eye. And another, th- when I was, when I, um, I remember like in my family, there was always like a big camera taking like home videos and we loved watching them together. And, and I was like a little performer, you know, (laughs) I was always like crying or like dancing. I was like that annoying, you know, the, you know, the, those, if you got it, you got it. You know, those little kids that just want to be like, Hey, um, and then when I was for my quinceañera, we were too poor. But when I turned sixteen, or for or that Christmas, I got a a camera, yeah, and a little TV, and I would I would edit I would edit like with VHS, mm-hmm. um, and I would just take uh uh sh- like dress up with my friends and just make like little movies. And it was before like YouTube or it was like a handheld. Yeah, like, I was going to ask one of those that you hold on. With the little tapes and things. And um, and so I, um, when I was in elementary school too, we did like a one take kind of film. And that's when I start. I realized how films were made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then life took, you know, different turns. In New York, the cool thing about it is um, I joined this that the New York Foundation of the Arts has a really cool community, especially for immigrant artists. And that's how I met Kevin Arota, who's my filmmaking partner. And he was going to, he's younger than me. He was going to film school. And he just kind of like taught me a little, like we, we exchanged skills. A lot of, a lot of it is just like trueque, you know, this like, I'll help you with this. You help me with mine, or we believe in each other's art and we, we collaborate and I think that's the only way that things get done in New York, or, or in general, I think. So that's the only way, is collaboration. Wow, I like that. Yeah, you talked, <clears throat> the other day when you came to the studio, you talked about that term. Um, and I lo- I loved it. So can you explain it to our listeners? Because I, I just think once you understand it, it's a principle we can live by more and more. Yeah, so trueque comes from the, from the, uh, from this, um, and this is where my anthropology hat comes in. There's yeah. there's a community or indigenous peoples called the Triquis in southern Mexico. And they they don't have a c- currency or like they were known because they would do like, you know, if I if I'm if I have potatoes and you have corn, I'll trade you the, you know, corn for a sack of potatoes or something. And that's just, you know, that's not true. Like that's an example. True. And so Trueque is like, for example, I'm going to give you, you know, a lot of the times when poets meet each other, it's like, I give you my book and you give me your book. So we don't, we don't, we don't buy it yeah. from each other. We just. I see so many poets do that too all the time. With it's their, a tradition. It's a collection. <laughs> Got to catch them all. I'm going to have to get my book ready. <laughs> Dang it. 
but that's yes, great. Definitely, we're all waiting <clears throat> for it. You can't underestimate or undervalue the lifelines that we give each other. Mm-hmm. How we how we help each other, how we give each other hope, how we listen to each other, how we witness and be like, hey, this is how I did this, or this is how you do it, or come on, right, we'll do it together, you know. I mean, it's how, it's how we thrive, you know, in, in, in forming these communities. You know, it's uh, solitude and, and loneliness can only get you so far, you know. Uh, but, yeah, when we when we treat each other well and exchange and, and, you know, take care of one another, that's ideal, you know, like collectively. That's what it's about. I love that. <clears throat> we haven't talked a whole lot about your book. Now, to be fair, I just got the copy, so I, I need to read it. But I, I've been flipping through the pages, and there's a lot of cool little references I'm seeing and a lot of different subject matter. Um, for someone who picks up your book, what do you want them to leave with? Yeah. I I think, you know, when I go through look for books or, or poetry specifically, um, it, I go through the the library or the bookstore and I look at the poetry section and then you you do judge the book by its cover and but I think with poetry different from like let's say fiction or autobiography uh, it's hard to describe the content and you can have themes for it and I think a lot of like um, academic poets will have like concepts around different things and this book has a little bit of has has that too um but one it's that you know when you flip through it and whatever poem you find it 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 it, it'll grab you you know um and there there is a multi um media aspect to it the first the first part of the book, Music for Butterflies, is a collection of, of eight poems that kind of tell the story of this transnational butterfly. And it's and it's a bit science fiction, you know. Mm-hmm. And that comes with an eleven minute EP that has a track for each of those poems with guitar and, and violin. And then there's some some of the of the bangers in here, um, the mango poem, which was written in in El Paso and uh you know uh, waiting for sun which is like the New York poem that that has that have short films um and then it's in Spanish and English because it was very important for me for my for my family to to be able to read it and when you know as a poet when you're traveling that you can be like I have a bilingual book I can you know have poems will travel and it expands the your world. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and what is your your press is based out of? Uh, you said the other day Spain. Or? Yes. So the um, the publisher is Editorial Ultramarina, and the collection is Bilingüe Mar, which is their bilingual books, and they are based in in Madrid, Spain, and they're run by by uh, Chilangos, you know, Mexicans from New York uh, from Mexico City, and they publish um, people in in Europe and and Mexico predominantly, Spain, and um, and then also Latin America, and they're starting to publish poets in in the U.S. Okay, awesome! <clears throat> Congrats on on that. And thank um, you. 
love I love it. Um, you're talking about book by its cover. Um, in my other podcast where we where we read books, we always like to talk about the cover art. Is this an intentional collaboration? And if so, were you able to work out the artwork with with the publisher and and all that? Yeah. So this this painting was painted when I lived in Sunset Groceries. Oh. Um, so it's it's kind of I remember it was just you know um, I learned I learned to paint when I was in high school. I wish I did it more, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, this is my favorite painting. And um, wasn't this your Facebook profile pic for a while? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's you used. It's an there's people that have magnets of this image yeah. and like buttons that I that I printed here. Okay. And um and uh, uh I uh, there was an all there was it was called the all female art show later on Mujeres de la Tierra which was like a a, a you know I guess like women women's arts show or festival collective show mm-hmm. group show um and it, uh, that year it was at um Black Market. And it was up on the wall, and 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 someone bought it for like three hundred and fifty. I'm like, I don't know how to sell it. Like three hundred and fifty, and that was how I paid paid rent that month. So she she was nice enough to lend me. I mean, it, I own the rights to it, but she, she you know, she was nice enough to take like good good quality pictures of it, and and uh, that's what that's what <clears throat> became uh, the cover for for the book. But I like it because it. It has these elements of of like water and rain and and nature and then like this kind of like little bone dog with a devil on it because it it deals with it's it deals with a lot of like mental health issues yeah. too, a lot of like um, dark content like you know suicide and um, you know like obviously not my own suicide but like mm-hmm. people that I that I family member like you know my little sister half sister that she was 13 and uh and other people that I never met but it's like you know it's just kind of this this dance with with life and death that when you survive and when you make it you're like ah and that's that's why I'm here and that's why this book exists because it's like it it literally kind of kept me in my lane and kept me focused as I healed from from trauma or struggling with bipolar and um and also like you know addiction and things like that where it's like you kind of have to have something that that gets you gets you through day by day and and that's what i mean by the healing properties of art you know first and foremost before you you make the announcement i love that wow yeah you were talking about Again, to kind of go back to the, like the community behind it, there's an EP. Um, how did that process work out too, in, in collaboration with this? Yeah, I think one thing I wanted to to say earlier when we were talking about like you know film and things, where um, I I think in 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 Texas um, there's this crabs in a bucket mentality, especially like. You know, in a community, I remember like hearing that for the first time, like, what does that mean? And it's like this, this thing of like, there can only be one, you know, and that it's like, everyone's trying to get out and we'll like get on top of each other and, you know, and I, I, I'm sure you've seen it and I've, I've seen it and it kind of keeps people from sharing their secret sauce recipe or whatever. And like, 
keeping withhold kind of gatekeeping the information of like how do you make a film how do you edit you know um how do you make a, a pot you know whatever i think in um in new york there's so much of it mm-hmm. that it's it's like you can't really be you know you you people are competitive of course but i think um and then there's there's blue chip artists right that are like that that are millionaires and they don't you know they don't have they they they're they're the ones but then the rest of us we're just we're just there growing and learning and so most of what we learn we don't learn in school especially the the apply, the application of of knowledge and um and so i think in new york i found this really beautiful kind of community and being attracted to to artists where we do the trueque right where i think with the um alberto alavedra who did the comp- composition for the musical music for butterflies ep you know he needed help editing one of his music videos and so he's like okay well you know do you have something that in mind and i'm like well i have this like little collection of poems music for butterflies and i'm like that would be the perfect piece kind of you know he came back and i'm like well this is so beautiful and the translator too carolina sanchez sanchez you know i did her um her poet her her book uh trailer essentially like a short film you know i directed it edited it i did i did that on that one i did everything myself except for of course her her words and she she helped me translate the book and paula paulina barrios also kind of helped and we ended up being kind of like housemates so it's it's kind of like this thing where it's like you know we we share resources and it's not always monetary but if there is you know like if i get hired to do a show by a by cuny or like a university and then you know then i'll 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 give i'll give you know i'll the, the musicians i'll pay the musicians and the dance and whoever comes on board if i have a budget you know um but in the creation of it i think it's just like artist vibing and like embracing each other and collaborating and then again just like that the healing properties the joy of the actual creation of 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 the work when is your book coming or is it it, because you're so caught up with all the that's a that is a whole episode and and it's on right can i be the one to interview (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool actually yeah totally Uh, i i've always been really bad about right like committing my own work to paper I perform a lot. <laughs> like I've, I do more stage stuff than page stuff, which, you know, doesn't make sense. If you're a writer, you got to write, you know, and Unnecessarily. I've tried, I've tried putting it. Cause the, the performance, <clears throat> like, again, it's like we come from this oral tradition, Yeah. you know, and, um, I mean, not, not to like books are beautiful, you know, and it's great to have something to, to have like a physical object and to share, um, but also, you know, there's so there's something electrifying about seeing it live, you know, and and mm-hmm. and people connect that, with it. That's how I feel, and that's kind of how I've been doing it. But I mean, I th- I think sometimes when I try and translate that to the page, it, it to me it feels awkward on the page. 
It's different. Um, so I appreciate when poems look good on the page and sound great yeah. on the stage. And a lot of that's just the way people read it and the perform- performativity of it all. You are a performer of your work, which I really appreciate. You know, we did the fresh cuts and just had the natural like stage presence you know i think there's academic or that are or or just withdrawn poets that are not performers but have really beautiful work where the where the work grabs you and then there's 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 poets that are that are performers you know you're 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 the vehicle for the word for the message for whoever has to hear it um that you're almost kind of like an oracle and you're you're the this the the one that brings it all together so i think we we all have our 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 own place and we can you know the first thing is acceptance and embracing like this is who i am this is my style this is how i deliver and you know i think i've also seen people do like one man shows one woman shows from their performance or you know leaning more to the 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 theatrics if you will and do kind of like you know verse verse uh like you spoken word plays and things like that yeah okay dig that so speaking on on that right how did you decide to build your your tour and uh in particular the performance is uh it's very multi modal right mm-hmm. uh i think you said interdisciplinary the other day so you know i think based on our conversation i can kind of tell why that is so but you know what was the process behind deciding how you're going to present your book in the, on this tour yeah well i mean this is at least 10 years of of work right and and like you I I was an organizer of cultural events, of political events, and film you know filmmaker filmmaker video doing video work, um, and and then also a writer. So um, I think by the time that the book was completed, I had this collection of or not co- well yeah I guess like you know this body of work that included you know five short films. Um, that you know, I had memorized three pieces by then. Yeah. Um, I uh, had this this uh, this EP, and um, and so I'm like, well, I have enough content to, you know, I think organizing other poets or doing something um, as as a community or as a group thing, that would have involved more. It would have involved funding and things like that. So, you know, it's a, it's a small press and it's a foreign press. I didn't go with uh with with a, a national like US based um press because I wanted it to be bilingual fully. I wanted it to be the the book that it is. And um for whatever reasons, you know, um each each publishing house has their own guidelines and voices and audiences. Um, but I, I very much didn't want to conform and, um, and settle to just having, you know, just doing one language or, um, for, or it being it, or like doing two separate books. I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, as a, as a, as a poet, as a writer, I'm going to be traveling. I want all, all my books and all my poems in one place. And I want to write new things and I just want to put this out and let it go. 
And so, you know, doing that, I kind of, you know, the, all the first, pri- all the first book prizes and things, I kind of like, that was kind of like a choice that made me ineligible for those things. So I didn't, I couldn't really like reach people or have a distrib like a U.S. distribution, right? But that was the choice I made because I had the the book that I wanted in mind, and so you know, uh, and then uh, uh, and I also you know kind of going back to the ac- academia and like this 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 kind of like circus that we have to put on as artists or you know any any kind of creator or whatever we all have to kind of do the the thing you know this you know you know the drill the song and dance the you know, song and dance the, the moves yeah. And like, you know, meeting the right people and all of this and things. Um, so I, 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 like I, I mentioned earlier, like I, I have bipolar and, you know, from that I've burnt a lot of bridges or people have, have misunderstandings of me. Mm. And so some of that song and dance or um, that kind of circ- what I, lovingly referred to as like a circus but not really because it's like it's you know we we have loved ones and you you teach at at a college um it you know it's not it's not a shade by any means but i i wanted to one it's like you know in this world of cancel culture you know i i did get canceled on, on twitter and like oh, yeah. i don't want to get into it i didn't um, know about this this would have been like a whole episode okay no that's fine no, 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 no. that's yeah, that's, that's a, another thing. A, again but, uh, this is good promo for your future memoir Thank you. Yes. Yes. You know, and, and like some of, some of the people that are listening were like, oh, yeah, I got one of those like weird emails of when you're in like, you know, mm-hmm. in a in an in like a bipolar episode or something okay. like that. Or when you or, you know, anybody just says the wrong thing or makes mistakes or Oof. something like that. People are unforgiving. People are very unforgiving or even like speaking of, of academia, like a typo, no. a misspelling, a misused word or something like that. It's like, oh, you're you know, there's this uh, comic that I share with my students uh, when I, I do a comma crash course because I feel like it's such a misunderstood punctuation mark. And most people guess. But I have this this comic. Uh, it's Superman with an angry mob around him. And he's holding like a newspaper that says Superman uses uh, your instead of your, like the wrong, he uses the wrong thing. And everyone's like so mad at him. Yeah. And uh, it just, it's kind of funny. You're like, oh, Superman, he's been saving you this whole time. And, and but he makes one mistake and you're, I'll yeah. have to share it with you. But it, so it's kind of reminding me about that. I think um, a lot of it is like that. And then people then just kind of withdraw mm-hmm. or they give up their dreams or they feel like they have nowhere to share it with. And mm. and that's really painful when your own community doesn't show up for you or your own community mm. doesn't like invite you in. When you think, you know, I, th- I, I certainly as a young poet, I thought like surely like this, you know, this, this, this uh, other person or whatever mm-hmm. would would be there. Uh-huh. And I think it's like you can't get caught up in that. You just have to like, okay, well, expect to do everything, you know. So it's like one, you know, as a as a community organizer, I know that you have to do like door knock, one oh, by wow. one, yeah. talk, believe in what you're doing, and um, and so the, the, I think this 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 tour is to get my 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 work out, get my book out, and then also. Because I believe that the things that that are in there, the the mental health aspects of it, I think, or 
the 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 immigration and the and the feminism and um the the family and the adventure and um the sexuality of it all like it's mm-hmm. it's it's in there right but i think more than anything i know that i know from that my book launch and from even the last show in houston it was like there's people that went there that i had never met that needed to meet me yeah yeah and 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 i needed to meet them and I remember what it was like for me to see people doing it and how much it meant to me and and how the 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 people that I admire the most or respect the most are generous as fuck, you know. And then in 12 step programs, they say, like, you can only keep what we what you what we have by giving it away. And, you know, having the trust in the universe and in yourself that your dream, even though it's like not going to make any money, you're going to lose a lot, actually, um, that you're going to somehow get that back in return. And that it's it's kind of like a a a protest and a resistance to to the tendency of 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 creative work, particularly writing being absorbed by academia and leaving out a lot of people that that shouldn't be discouraged you know it should be the people who are um neglected by the school system who can who don't know what to do with a coma coma or or esl or they they speak different languages of or have a learning disability I mean, yeah and, that and should because be of that they're made to feel there's something wrong with them or they don't they don't belong or fit in um yeah and that's i mean this here we are coming full circle from the beginning of the episode to now which you're i think reiterate reiterating that earlier yeah i mean the most powerful one of the most powerful um moments in in my life and and the tour so far was that you know i've only had one show i have a show tomorrow Mm -hmm. here in el paso was my my grandma just happened to be in Houston visiting my aunt hmm. and she was um she she didn't go to school she couldn't read or write and she as an adult she would go to night classes and she learned how to read and write you know and then i had i i i i filmed her with like you know with my phone reading the poem that i wrote about her hmm. you know and about her learning to play the guitar like as a as an elder and and you know, going to taking a bus, you know, to learn how to read and write as you know, as a mother, and her commitment to to learn for herself, and even though if it was like later in life, and how powerful it is that she was reading her do- granddaughter's book, hmm. you know, and then I'm just like, that's why, that's why. Oh, that's great. I think it's a beautiful way to to maybe wrap up this episode. Uh, I have many more questions to un- unwrap on can, but you know, that would be like three more hours of an episode and talking, but, uh, where can people who are unfamiliar with you follow, support your work online and maybe even purchase a copy of music awesome. for butterflies. Everything is in my website, rebelene.com, R E B E L E N E.com. So that's where you can find, um, by the book, um, uh, check out the films, you know, read more about, about me. Um, and then here in El Paso, I just dropped some copies off at Brave, um, Brave oh, Books. Right so you can get some signed copies there too. 
if you're if you're in town. And uh, Instagram at NYC is where I spent most of my my social media time. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Richie. Thank you so much. See you guys next time. Oh, no. My camera slipped down. Why did it do that? I don't know why it does that. That's why. No, no. It's fine. uh, For the B-Walms podcast, I'm Rich. (laughs) That's Selena, a.k.a. Rebel. No, you don't have to do that. We'll uh we'll see you at the next one. Peace. Bye. Oh you can that's you, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was awesome. Uh-